have you ever wanted to guest on a podcast like this one that you're listening to right now? Well, you can. You can definitely do this by visiting a website called Podmatch, where you can sign up and be available for all different types of podcasts that you can guest on. Or you can even search for a podcast and say, I want to I want to guest on your podcast. I think we'd be a good match. So if you want to do this, you can go to our unique link, which is joinpodmatch.com forward slash reality. And you can sign up and do exactly that. And you can find us and you can guest on our podcast. So again, that unique link is www.joinpodmatch.com. That's J-O-I-N-P-O-D-M-A-T-C-H.com forward slash reality, R-E-A-L-I-T-E-A. And you can be a guest on our podcast. Welcome to Reality Tea Times 2, the podcast where we discuss all the trash reality TV we love to hate. I'm Tanika, and today we're talking 90 Day OG. This was a this was this was a fun episode. And I think we had every single couple again this episode, excluding the one that we have not yet met. <laughs> but yeah, we I think we pretty much had everybody. So yeah, there's there's no hot goss kind of going on right now. I kind of snuck in a hot goss in the Golden Bachelor episode um, that I recorded a couple days ago that you now have in your eardrums today um, or yesterday, actually. But yeah, I kind of just snuck in some hot goss with that episode. So I don't have anything hot goss related memes. I'm just going to be posting all of the memes for OG, Tove, Chantel, um, and uh, the OG the OG ones you'll have today. And uh, Tove and Chantel will follow. But yeah, that's what's up. So announcements. Uh, so you're getting, I'm hoping, praying you will get this today as I'm recording. And I will have Toe to you trying to think of what I want to do. I'm probably going to get towed to you on the weekend, probably Saturday at the latest. Family Chantel, you'll have Monday. Um, and Selling Sunset, I will be aiming to get an episode out to you guys. Um, hopefully on the weekend. That's the plan. Um, either way, we should be closing with Selling Sunset by the end of the week, next week. That's my plan. I want to be able to finish that up before we're on break, which is only probably a couple weeks away now. So um, so yeah, that's my plan. I'm trying to get that, that out to you 
uh, by the end of the week, next week for Selling Sunset. Um, but that just kind of brings me into just the one quick announcement that I've been saying. We're going to be on a break for the, for most of December and the first week of January. And we'll, you might be getting some episodes here and there, um, uh, that maybe we'll just kind of hold on to until, you know, we'll see how it goes. Uh, so that's the plan. So you might get some stuff following week. So you're not fully, you know, not getting us at all or getting me at all, but we will, uh, we will, uh, we'll figure that part out, but there won't be much activity happening between those weeks. So uh, December 7th until January 7th. So that's the plan. You'll be getting OG uh, for that Sunday. From Well, from that Sunday, you'll get OG, you'll get Toe. Um, Family Chantel will be a solo. Um, Sister Wives, you should get Below Deck, you should get. And I think that's basically it. Um, there might be just a different formatting just to make sure that everything you're getting everything. So the formatting, this might be a little different with our main episodes. It might not be like a true recap, but more of, uh, just little tidbits that are happening throughout that episode that I want to talk about. So it might be very similar to our bonus episodes, uh, with that, uh, so that's kind of the plan. This makes getting them out edited a little easier um, for for me that 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 week. So there's that. And uh, what else? I think that's basically it for what you can expect with uh, that final week there before we're on break. Um, Next Take Podcast listeners, if you're our Next Take Podcast Next Take Podcast listener. Um, we have two more episodes for this year. We have, well, actually, no, I'm ahead. We're a week ahead of schedule. So you actually have three more episodes this year before we are on break. And there's one that should be dropping today as I record. So you'll have three more after that. And we'll be on break as of the week of December 18th. Until we are back with our next episode in the new year, which will be on January 11th. I know I said eight, I've been saying 18th before. There have been some scheduling changes. So we will be back a week prior on January 11th with an episode. So that is the plan with that. So for all of those listeners that go over there as well. And just one other quick thing before we jump into the episode. I mentioned this previously, Acast and Amazon Music has done a partnership together where they are highlighting indie Canadian podcasts. And our podcast, Reality Tea Times 2, is on that list. So it does get refreshed every week. But keep your eyes peeled if you happen to see that. Take a screenshot. Tag me in it. 
let me know that you're seeing it because I'm so excited about this. I think this is a great uh, thing that Acast, uh, who are uh, the my host, my podcast host, and Amazon Music is doing. I think it's an amazing um, collaboration that they're doing. So, and definitely check out all the other podcasts that you see on this um, on this list. As I said, it does get refreshed every week, and the list will be live for four weeks. So I'm not on the first week, but if you happen to see me, definitely shout me out. I'm very excited for it. So that's that. And uh, let's now hop into the reason that we are here. 90 Day OG, Season 10, Episode 7, Speak Now or Hold Your Peace. I object. Um, so first couple we're going to talk about is Jasmine and Gino. So we kind of leave off with the infamous argument that we heard uh, last week with the lip gloss and producers come and they ask Gino, like what happened? And he tells them everything that we know. She dropped her phone. She found the lip gloss and whatever. And he's like, I have never cheated on her. He says that she wasn't letting me explain how it got there. Okay, well, wait, you know, because one minute you said you don't know how it got there. And that you know nothing about this lip gloss. But then on the other hand, you're saying she's not letting you explain how it got there. So, which is it? I'm very confused. So, Jasmine now says, no, I want to go home. She's still behind the wall. And she says, I want to go home. And she comes out. And she goes to him and she says, let me get my dog. Let me get my stuff. I want to go home. And he says, I didn't cheat on you. And she's like, you did. You did. You did. <laughs> and she says, why did you react like that? And he says, um, he's never been with anyone. And he's never been with anyone in the car. Huh? Because I caught that. I caught when he said that. I have not cheated on you, and I've not, especially with anyone in the with anyone in the car. And I'm thinking, uh, so wait, are you trying to say that you haven't cheated on on her with anybody, or are you saying that you haven't cheated on her with anybody in the car? Which is it? Because I'm confused. Because to me, I'm thinking, okay, so wait, you have cheated on her, but you just had the common decency to not do it in your car. <laughs> so confused. Um. So he says that I love you. And she says, I don't feel loved. She keeps saying, I don't feel loved. I don't feel loved. And this is kind of when she says to us, because she's, before she starts telling us exactly what's going on, like she starts crying and he hugs her. And she says, you know, she has abandonment issues because of her father leaving. She says that he went as far as to tell her mother that 
Jasmine was a mistake or his kids were a mistake and that he wanted nothing to do with it. And I said, like, wait, if he left at three, when you were three years old, you're still going to deal with the abandonment. I'm not, I'm not discounting that whatsoever. You're definitely going to feel that abandonment, whether you remember him leaving or not. You know, it's, it can be very traumatizing. Although I've never had a parent walk away from, like, walk out on me permanently. I have had a parent walk away from me due to something that had nothing to do with me. And that's something that has forever lived with me. So, yeah, you, you, not discounting her abandonment issues. That's a very real thing. But what I do question is her knowledge of um, what her father said at three. And I'm not saying it didn't happen. Not saying that it wasn't said. What I am wondering is, how do you know this? Did your mother tell you this? And then I have to ask, why did she tell you this? There are certain things you can protect your child from. And one of those things is what her father has said to her and about her or to you about her and that she has no knowledge of or doesn't remember or anything like that. And you choose to tell her. No one, no parent's perfect. We all, you know, I, you know, there's always something maybe you can improve on or not do, or we get caught up in our emotions or whatever the case may be. There's always something. It's, I'm not doubting that, but it's just, I don't know. I, I, I feel like her mom told her something that maybe she could have just saved Jasmine from knowing. It's not going to take away her abandonment issues 100%, but maybe it could have prevented a lot of the issues she's still dealing with. Maybe Jasmine asked. I don't know, but she is still her mother at any point, at any age that Jasmine's at. It's still up to her to say, I'm not going to tell you this, or I am going to tell you this. There's certain things that my mom has said to me about my father that maybe I could have lived without. But it also doesn't affect my relationship with my father to any real extent. Um, any issues I've had with my father is because of my father and our relationship. But maybe I can handle that. But there has to have been signs that Jasmine was really struggling mentally. So why, why tell her something that she didn't need to know? Because that now carries into her relationships with men. And she says as much. She says that my father couldn't even love me or stay around with me. So how could any man love me? How am I lovable? Basically, is what she's trying to say. And she says, someone might tell me that I'm beautiful, that they love me, and and I don't believe them because my own father didn't love me. And that's a really real thing. And it makes it, my heart hurts for her. It really does. Like, yes, is she, is she nuts? 
Yes. Is she great in TV sometimes? Yes. But my, my heart, really, when it comes down to the core of it all, my heart hurts for her because I'm just like, Jasmine, you, you are loved. Like, I do. I think Gino loves her. Yes. Do I think he needs to do some self reflection sometimes? Yes. But I do think he really loves her and he'll do just about anything humanly possible within reason to make her happy. And I mean, they're garbage to each other at certain times, but I just want to talk about this, the core of it all. These two people love each other and she can't even believe that he does. And I'm sure her divorce and the demise of that relationship with her, with her ex-husband doesn't make it any easier. And that's really sad. It makes me really sad for her. I think we can all kind of agree, like the words she's saying here is heartbreaking. Uh, anyway, she also does say to Gino, like, why do you keep doing this to me? And I think it's not that he's doing anything to her, at least in this moment anyways. He's not doing anything to hurt her, but her mind just can't get away from the fact that he keeps on hurting me, even if not intentionally. Why does he keep doing that? Because all it does is just bring up other emotions. And yeah, I, uh, oh man, it makes, again, like I said, heart hurts for her. So now she says, I'm so cold. I can't even think. So yeah, she's going into the car and she says, as she's going into the car, I hate this coldness. I hate it. And she's bawling her eyes out. It's, that's how I feel too. Listen, anyone who survived the winter of 2013 to 2014, uh, especially here anyways in Canada, I'm sure it was just a nightmare in New York that year too. Um, but whoever, whoever had to endure winter of 2013 to 2014, so we're talking 10 years ago, that was probably one of the worst winters I have ever experienced in my life. Polar vortex winter, worst experience of my life. You walked outside and your face hurt really bad. And I remember actually like, it must have started snowing like even earlier that year too. I think it started in November. Usually you can kind of get through most of November without any crazy snowfall, but it was like crazy snowfalls and it was just, it was a hot mess. And I remember too, that being my ex-husband's very first winter as well. And he was just like, it's it's fine. It's fine. Cold's fine. Because again, you think someone who comes from Jamaica likes the hot or likes the heat and all that. He hates it. So he's like, this is fine. He's also a winter baby too. So he's like, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm I'm okay. I'm not complaining. But I'm like, it hurts to blink. <laughs> so I imagine like, I mean, it doesn't look like there's a whole lot of snow. I'm not sure what point of the year this is, but it's clearly still very cold. Um, the cold does not go away until like you might get some moments in end of March into April where you're like, oh, it's just, it's the, it's summer out here and it's like five degrees. <laughs> and 
So I'm not sure exactly what point this is, but again, this is a person who comes from Panama where it's warm all the time and he comes to Minnesota and it's just, yeah, or no, Michigan, not Minnesota, Michigan, because they're in Canton, Michigan, right? Right. So yeah, they're in Michigan. So yeah, it's right by, it's right by me. It's right, it, it's right there. You just, you can, underneath me, I don't know exactly where Canton is, but yeah, like Michigan's is underneath Ontario. So or somewhat underneath Ontario. So yeah, I just like, I understand. I understand when you walk outside and it's cold, when you're standing out on on for waiting for your train and like, first of all, you're a little more elevated and it's cold and the wind is just hitting your face and you want to start crying. I'm not saying this happened recently or anything like that. I mean, yeah, it, winter has hit and I'm not happy. Anyways, <laughs> but yeah, so she's just crying because it's cold and she hates it and all that. But while they're sitting in the car, he tells her, I love you. I wouldn't cheat on you or be with a girl. Again, isn't that the same thing? <laughs> isn't that the exact same thing you just said that you would not cheat on her and then be with a girl? So wait, you would then cheat on her with a boy? I'm just saying, come on. It was, but anyways, I know what he's trying to say, but I I don't know that's going to make a difference. And we'll say why it's not going to make a difference because this gets worse. Let's move on to the next day. We see Jasmine working out and she says that she always questions if Gino loves her the way he says he does. And she says, you know, I thought maybe the issue was the distance and maybe when we live closer, like we live together 24 seven, it'll be, it'll get better. No, cause you're going from one extreme to the next extreme. There's no, there's no common ground. So when you're moving from one extreme to the next extreme, it, it's, it's not a fun experience. Seriously. Again, been there, done that, except opposite. It's just, it's, it's such an extreme that you can't like, wrap your mind around it. You're butting heads. You're, yeah, it's just, it's not, it's not going to get better necessarily. Sometimes yes, maybe it can, especially in those first few days, but you've been there now for 10 days and it's, it, you're still butting heads. You're still trying to figure that out, that dynamic out for you to do the two of you. So, but she, says like she thought it would be better but yeah it's not two hours later we see that she's cleaning and she says that cleaning is something that really helps her anxiety which i think i think a lot of people can attest to and she says that um this just really helps with that but she says but then i found things which makes me think that the lip gloss is the tip of the iceberg basically and uh, she doesn't like it. She says all of the things that she's found is from her, from his ex, who now we know his name is Denise. Um, and she says that she found um, this napkin that has both of their initials on it. And it was from his 40th birthday. So we're talking... How old is he again? 53, 52, 53. So we're talking 12, 13 years ago. 
Okay. Um, and then she found a card that reads, and I quote, I love you, baby. You make me so happy. And I'm so lucky to have you. You turn me on in every possible way. End quote. And she says, huh, I can't say the same because he doesn't with me. And here's what I'm going to say too. I'm, I'm still going to go on the trope that I went on with B90. This man has a, has ED and he hasn't told Jasmine that he has ED because so much can change and, and call it a decade when it comes to, you know, that, you know, operating and stuff. So it's very possible that that's what could be happening. Maybe his sex drive was in a different place when he was 40, which I think a lot of is a lot of the cases for a lot of people. Your prime really is like, I think they say your prime is like your thirties and forties um, ish. So like he, he's probably still in his prime and still being able to just, just jackrabbit his ex. And unfortunately he met you 10, 12, 13 years later, when maybe his desire to have sexual intercourse is different. You know, he rather just beat it out on his own. (laughs) So things change. You can't reflect your own experiences with your partner by looking at the past or looking at what their past was. How I was sexually speaking with my ex-husband versus how I am with my current relationship is night and day. I'm still in my prime, don't get me wrong, but it was just different. Now that could have been the circumstances with him. It could have been where I was in life versus where I am now. It it doesn't, there's so many different reasons that someone's sex life changes over time. And it has nothing to do with the person that they're with or whatever. So it's just like she she needs to stop looking at the past and being like, well, you're that way with her. So why are you that way with me? Like, (laughs) so, so yeah, so she says that. And she then says that she found... A Karma Sutra book. My God. Okay. And she says they're clearly doing all these different positions from reading the Karma Sutra book. And um, she says he only does one position with me. So, ma'am, you peed on him and he never let anyone do that, apparently. That was a first. So, it's okay. In one position, she has to be lying. She has to be lying. Who does one position? That's fucking boring. And you, we all know what position it is too, which makes it even worse. This is boring. Unless he's doing like back shots. But that can also be boring if you do that constantly. But anyway, I'm just like, Again, again, just because he has a Kama Sutra book in his possession that he had when he was with his ex doesn't mean that they always had this Kama Sutra book and they were just 
fucking like rabbits every day and all the time and doing all these freaky deaky sex positions. It doesn't mean any of those things. What it could mean, on the other hand, maybe that is what happened, but maybe on the other hand, what was going on was that maybe the relationship was starting to fall apart because it obviously it did. Maybe because of that, their sex was falling apart, which obviously that's not existent because he's not with her anymore. Maybe they decided let's get Karma Sutra book to help us in the sex department. We don't know. There's, and she does not know. So again, you don't know what someone has experienced and why someone has something. You can't just let your mind wander free when you don't know the circumstances. And honestly, it is not his, it is not your business to know the circumstances. That was something that happened long time ago before he knew you. And he doesn't owe you a fucking thing when it comes to that relationship. So, yeah, so she finds the conversation books. And then she says that she finds lubricants. And I'm like, uh, uh use that he's had all this time. And she says they're unopened. Because the thing that she says here is like, I don't know why he still has them. And I was actually going to say for himself, <laughs> that's why he still has the lubricants for himself. But she says they're unopened. So that's clearly not that. But that has to be well expired. There's no way that that's like a viable lubricant at this point. But hey, I don't even know if lubricant, I'm pretty sure lubricant does expire from my memory. I don't always use lubricant. <laughs> Maybe the water-based ones last a little longer, but it's been a minute. Anyways, so he then she says that he's no, never wanted to learn Spanish. However, she finds a notebook that has one word that he clearly learned in Spanish, and that's um, – I'm probably going to say this wrong uh, – peras, peras which means bitches. Excuse-moi. Excuse me. Okay. Why is he learning bitches? It can either be really weird. Well, this is really weird, but either like it's weird in the sense of he wants to sound tough and shit, or he's acting like a school child and wants to learn all the swear words in, in another language, like we all did when we were like, I don't know, 10. So that's the only thing that I can think of. It's very weird. But uh, we're going to get back to the language thing in a second because you kind of drops that off a little bit. But she says that when she went through his ex's social media, I come again. You went through, so wait, are you trying to tell me that, oh God, oh my God, (laughs) I've had, I've had people try to do the same thing with me and actually like follow me and shit. And I'm like, get the fuck away from me. But are you seriously trying to tell me that maybe my ex, my ex husband's past girlfriends or whatever, because he's obviously dated since we divorced, but 
Are you trying to tell me that his like ex-girlfriend was like looking at me trying to get like intel on me or something? That's craziness. Especially when he's been divorced for like, I think he's been divorced a while. That's a really weird thing to be doing going on to his ex's social media to get intel on her. And the intel she gets on her is that they have pretty much the exact same dog. And then she says, you can't really tell the difference between Coco and uh, her dog, the ex's dog. And then I also had to ask this question. Um, Matt Sharp Productions, um, TLC, um, whoever needs to hear this, why did you blur the dog's face? Are you seriously trying to tell me that we are going to recognize the dog after we're literally looking at the woman's ex-husband and that somebody isn't going to know that we're talking about that? You really have to get permission to show a dog's face? My goodness. I Wow. Well, here's the thing. Here's what I'll say. Based on what we were seeing in Married at First Sight right now, that you can apparently be sued by seeing the back of somebody's head and hearing someone's voice, I guess it's best to just blur the dog's face. But I thought that was freaking hilarious. So then Gino comes home and he's come bearing gifts. He bought steps for Coco so that he'll be able to get up on the bed without jumping on the bed. And he also bought Coco like, clothes as well um also a hat i need to include he got the dog a hat and she says oh you're so giving you're so generous and so kind sit need to talk oh man so then he when he sits down he looks over at the table and he says what's all this and she's like you tell me i found it is in your house And he's like, oh, this is all from my past. It's all from, like, my ex. And she's like, yeah. She's like, um. She's like, yeah, all of this was in the drawer. And he's like, what drawer? She's like, the drawer in our room. And he's like, no, 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 this is not in the drawer. Is she making this up? The one thing I'll say about Jasmine is Jasmine doesn't, wait. I was going to say Jasmine doesn't lie, but she's lying about Dane Dan. Um, never mind. So what Jasmine is saying, usually she's, is the truth. So where else would she have found it? Other way she found it in your house, Gina. Let's not mince words. She found it in your house. Anyways, but I'll get to my thoughts on this in a second. She says, you know, you haven't learned Spanish, but I see here you've learned Portuguese. His response Yeah, I was learning for work because I was going to be living in Brazil for six months. I had nothing to do with a woman or anything like that because I had, I was going to be working in Brazil for six months, which then in turn means you might be nice to learn the language for sure. Um, she's like, yeah, but since when have you learned Spanish for me and being able to communicate with my children and all this? And I'm like, because you speak English. So he's going to take the lazy road and not try to communicate with them by learning the language so that's why anyway and then he says to her listen i had a past before like this 
this shouldn't be an issue. Like, why are we having this conversation? And she brings up the napkin and she is like, you know, what's this? And she says, so is it still important to you then? He's like, no. And she rips it up and throws it at his face. This was perfect. Um, He said, okay. Did you have fun? <laughs> oh, did you have fun? When he said that, I'm like, oh, Gino, sass. <laughs> Which is great, though. But it was funny how he just said it. He's like, mm, okay. Uh, did you have fun? Um, you want to do want to throw anything else on my face or, or what? And uh, he says, it's not uncommon to keep things from your past. And she does not like this, obviously. And she says, excuse me. And she literally, instead of walking the other way around, like around the other side of the table where she won't be in his way or he won't be in her way, she literally walks past him and says, excuse me, for him to have to bring his legs down, let her go past, and she goes upstairs. And I'm thinking, that is a boss move. Let's be real. That was a boss move. said, excuse me. I'm not going to walk around. You're going to pave the way for me. So here's what I'll say about the whole situation with um, with this. Um, yes, everyone has a past. I think I've kind of talked about this a little bit last week too. Everyone has a past and have, you know, little mementos and whatever from their past they want to hold on to from previous relationships, that doesn't take away from the current relationship you're in. That is gone. That relationship is gone. It's done. It's over with. You don't have to think that there's some sort of power or sort of something in holding on to these trinkets or these mementos. It is what it is. You don't have to act crazy because of it. It's not necessary. So, yeah. So it's the next day and it's Manny Petty Day. This is the longest couple, actually, when I think about it. Jasmine and Gina with the longest couple. Anyway, so yeah, Manny Petty Day. And we're going to be going with Michelle, Dana's wife. And Jasmine kind of talks about how she's tired because she's been cleaning and stuff like that. And Michelle takes a dig and she's like, yeah. It must be really tiring to be, you know, cleaning that house because she knows Gino is disgusting. Ugh. Anyway, she's she does say to Michelle, you know, it hasn't really been easy being there together 24-7. She tells Michelle about the things that she found in the house and kind of wonders, like, why she... Like, why is he holding on to these things? But Michelle does say to her, well, I think people technically do that. We'll keep things. And she says that Dana has things that he's kept from previous relationship and it doesn't bother her. So Jasmine then says, because she's hearing from somebody else say to her, it's not that big of a deal. She says, oh, maybe I am being a little tough on him. Are you kidding me? (laughs) You are being tough on him. He had a whole last divorce with his ex-wife. It's done. 
and it's been done years before he met you. He's had actually, he's had, according to Jasmine, and I think him as well, he's had relationships between his divorce and Jasmine. So, like, calm down. (laughs) It's okay. It's not the end of the world. He's not going to leave you so he can keep his mementos or something. It's, It's the weirdest thing. Anyway, um, Michelle then says, you know what, though? We should have a girl's day, girl's trip or whatever. Or girl's night, sorry. And she, she says, you know, you're in the house with him all the time. Like, you need a break. And she says, you know, since Gino had a bachelor party and everything, like, you deserve to have something, too. And Jasmine's like, say what now? What do you What do you mean he had a bachelor party? What are you talking about? And she says, yeah, he had a he had a bachelor party. And she's like, but he told me that we were going to do a bachelor party when I got here and that I was going to organize it. She's like, oh, well, he definitely had a bachelor party. He had, I actually come to think of it. He had it like the day before you got here. Say what? What do you mean he had it before she got there? And she's like, come again? What do you, what do you mean the day before I got here? She's like, yeah, he, he, he had a bachelor party literally the day before you got here. And she said, oh, okay. Uh, what did he do? And she's like, well, he went out. And she's like, no, no, Michelle, no, don't be dumb. Look at my eyes. Look at my eyes. What did he do? Where did he go? And she's like, strip club? And she's like, oh, did they touch him? Did they touch him? Did he touch them? Did he just look at them? What did he do? Who touched Gino? And Michelle's like, well, it's a strip club. And it was his bachelor party. So, yeah, I think someone touched him. (laughs) And Jasmine is, oh, Jasmine's like, I'm trying to keep my cool right now. But all I want to do is go home and confront Gino. And I said, Gino, you's in trouble. You better run because you're about to get fucked up. And again, here's my thing is he should have told her that he was going to be doing it. And the fact that he did it the day before means that was on purpose. <laughs> I don't know who needs a round of applause. If it's Gino, if it's his, whoever went with him or production, but somebody needs a round of applause because my God, but he should have told her. But at the same time, I don't give, I, again, I've said this, I don't care do you, as long as you're being respectful and as long as you're telling me, then fine, whatever. But he should have told her. But can we please take it back to Jasmine for a second, who wants to act like a holier-than-thou attitude, where she wants to talk about how trust and all this nonsense and all this, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Dane Dan bought you a butt. He gave you the difference for your butt. And he also took you out to dinner for a goodbye dinner on Valentine's Day. Let us not forget about the dinner on Valentine's Day. But you want to talk about Gino going to a strip club with people 
having strippers dancing on him who he'll never see again and who he has never had any sort of relationship with, as far as we know. Ma'am, get your priorities straight. Lord. Anyways, this was a great segment with Jasmine and Gino. This was perfect. It was really good. But anyways, that is it for Gino and Jasmine. Let's move on to Sophie and Rob. This is pretty quick. The next couple, the next two couples are going to be pretty quick. I don't have a whole lot to say about either of these two that are coming up. So, so Sophie and Rob first. Um, she mentions that she hasn't spoken to Rob. She told him that he can come over so that they can talk. And she says she doesn't want to be in his gross apartment. Okay. She's like, I don't want to be there. She basically wants to talk on her terms. And that's 100% okay. So then we see him come. Um, and he has one lone rose. You're trying to tell me that you couldn't pay for a bouquet? Of course you can't, though. Because you can't even pay to have a bathroom in your fucking apartment. So, of course, he can't afford a bouquet of, flat, of roses. He literally has to get one single ass rose. Jesus, Lord. Anyways, he walks up to the door and he literally says to her, I got you a rose. It's your favorite color. My favorite color, choose. You can give me more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um. So, she asks, like, why did you... So, sorry. So, as they're sitting down and he sits beside her and she says, why are you sitting so close to me? Ew, get away from me. Fuck literally was her attitude and he's like okay so he moves further away (laughs) and um she's like you know it was nice having space from you yeah he says it's bullshit um like online things that he was doing he classifies this as junk mail. Okay, sir, junk mail is something for which you don't correspond with. What you were doing on Chatterbait was actually corresponded with somebody. That's no longer junk mail. That is a choice, sir. So own up to the fact that you did do something that is against what she wanted. So, yeah. Um, she says, I don't understand why you did it again. All I wanted from you was loyalty. Can we also, as I did with Jasmine a second ago, can we also take into consideration, and I know this is a little bit of a different situation, she has to kind of come out to him in a way that is is comfortable for her. I'm not discounting that. But you've had four long years to figure out the best time to tell him, oh, by the way, I'm bisexual. I think they've been together for four years. I might be wrong with the number. But anyways, you're about to marry a person who doesn't even know your sexual orientation, you know? So there is some dishonesty happening between the two of them. Or if it's about her not being comfortable with telling him, then that's something she also needs to look at. You should be able to be comfortable with the person you're with to say, listen, this is how I feel. This is who I am. And she hasn't done that. Lord, she hasn't done that. Oh, man. Anyway, I don't know how well he's going to take that. I'm unsure about him. So, anyway, he says, being with someone from another country is hard. It's so hard, he says. And he says that 
um, that, you know, that he's sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's saying, I'm sorry. And although I understand that being in a long distance relationship is hard, been there, done that. I understand that. But if you can't handle it, which I'm not going to say whether you should or you shouldn't, because obviously I didn't, but if you, if you can't handle the long distance relationship, then own up and say, I can't handle this. So I don't think I can do this anymore. That's okay. It's hard, but that's okay. Don't fuck around behind her back though. Basically, which is basically what you did. You, you've fucked around and you found out that it wasn't going to be a great idea to maybe be in this long distance relationship because you are not adult enough to say to yourself, maybe I shouldn't be doing that because maybe that's going to disrespect her. She's not going to like that. It's not difficult. Anyways, he says, I don't know how, how to make you feel better. It's not up to you to make her feel better really, but it is up to you you to own up to your shit, which goes such a long way, own up to your shit and say, I'm going to try to do better. Maybe sometimes I might slip up, but I'm going to try and do better. And if I do slip up, well, that's that's on me. He can't even say that though. All he does is make excuses for himself. And that's what's, that's the irritating part for me. Anyways, I can't speak on Sophie, but for me, it's irritating to hear him say like, I fucked up, but this is why I don't give a shit for your reasoning. Why? I don't care because your reason doesn't matter to me. The fact that you did it at all is what's the problem. So anyways, it says, give me a chance and I'll make it up to you. And we got to see Sophie just staring and then we leave them for a bit and we come back and she says, okay, for fuck's sakes, man. She says her only option. What else can she do? And I said, no, it's not. Your other options are go home. There are, again, worse places you can go than back to fucking England. Go home. So he says, I will work on it. But, or she says, sorry, I will. She says, I will work on it. But how do we get trust back? He says he will spend the rest of his life making it better, all of the super tropes. And I'm thinking, I want to know now. I want to know what is going to change so that you don't do this again. Because I'm about to marry your ass in about three months. So I would like to know now what you're going to be doing to make this better. So that I feel comfortable to be your wife at the end of this. Not I'm going to spend the rest of my life to make it up to you. I don't care. This isn't a fairy tale. Um... So she doesn't want to go through his phone and invade his privacy and all of that. Like that's not something she wants to do, but it's something she will do clearly because she doesn't trust you. And the way to build trust is, I guess, in her mind to do that. But this is it. Everyone's different. I personally wouldn't, but I do understand what she's trying to get at. And I do like the fact that she says that she doesn't want to invade his privacy, but yeah, she's still going to because she doesn't give a shit. Um, she says, with so that if I had learned this in England, I would have stayed. I wouldn't have come here. And he says, I think I have just been slow with adapting to um, going from single to being in a relationship and now being engaged and being in a long distance relationship. It's been really hard adapting to all of the changes. And I'm thinking, you've been with this girl for four 
fucking years. Adapting to changes happens within maybe the first six months of being in a relationship with somebody. Try again. And engagement, yeah, that's that's adjustment as well for sure. You do go, you do transition from one thing to the next. It's like it's like this internal change that happens. And same thing from engagement to wedding. It's this this internal thing that happens. But it doesn't change the fact that you shouldn't be cheating on her. You already passed that part. You already passed that like three year and a half years ago. So this bullshit that he's viewing to her, I'm like, fuck, I I I hate him. I can't. Um, so she says, you know, thank you for the rose. Oh, he says, I think that's why I, he's like, I'm starting and I bought, I'm buying this rose. You know, he's like, I'm starting to make those changes. Um, so because I'm starting to make those changes, here is the sign of that with my single ass rose. And she says, thank you for the rose. And he's like, smell it. You smell it. <laughs> Motherfucker, what are you telling me to smell it for? Anyway, he says, can I come closer to you? This this time he got consent. Anyways, he, and then he kind of just like cuddles with her and he says, don't hate me. She says, I don't hate you. I dislike you. And he's like, well, it's better than hate. Fair. But that's basically it for Rob and Sophie. Like I again didn't have a whole lot to to say about these two. Next, we have Nick and Devin again. So so short, so short. So we're going shopping for traditional Korean clothing, which is called Hanbok. Ham Hanbok. I think it's Hanbok. Hanbok. And um, he says like this is something that people wore. Back in the day, it was like regular daily clothing people wore. Obviously, it's not anymore, but it's like, and yeah, it was really cool. She looked really nice. He looked nice. Um, it kind of hurt what she wore. I think maybe it was because of she was the, the pink skirt for some reason. Really reminded me of like the 50s, um, like the 50s style clothing. I thought she looked really cute in it. Anyways. Um. So now they're going to go take some pictures in the, the traditional clothing. It's going to be kind of like their engagement photos. It's kind of, it's really cute. So um, where they're going to be going, it used to be a park, but now it's a, it, or sorry, it is now a park. It used to be a fortress before. So they're doing their pictures, doing different hand signals, and they do the one for heart. Um, so it's really cute. Having a fun time, and he says, "But you know, I do have this big surprise." And he says, "You know, when we got engaged before, it wasn't very special by any means." And he wants to do a special engagement for her. So they sit down, and um, before they sit, they before they're getting ready to sit down, like on these steps, he takes his coat off and tells her she can sit on his coat. Chivalry, dead y'all. That was so sweet. Um, and he starts off by thanking her for coming to Korea and how much he appreciates that. And then he gets up and she's like, wait, 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 what are you doing? And goes down on one knee and asks her to marry him. And of course she says yes. And that's basically it. That's kind of it for Nick. 
and and Devin. The only thing that I I want to comment on, and I probably will continue commenting on through the duration of the season, is she needs to open her mouth when she talks. She talks like this. I don't understand. Open your mouth and talk. It's not hard. I don't know. I don't know if it's. I know there's been rumors. Well, not even so much rumors. She confirmed that she was like drunk the entire time during filming. So I don't know if it's because she's drunk or if it's nerves or if it's just how she talks. I'm not sure. But it seems to be worse when they're filming on site versus when they're in their in the moments. Um although she does do it then too. So I just, I don't know. It's weird. I'll be very curious to see how she is on the, um, on the tell all, if she is still talking that way, maybe when she doesn't have as much nerves kind of going on, be kind of interesting to see, but I mean, I like seeing this couple. I loved his parents. His family is lovely. I'm scared. I feel like the drama is now going to be beginning now that they're going to Arkansas, but I, I'm kind of bored of them. <laughs> Jihoon and Devin, they are not, but I'm kind of bored of them right now. There's not a whole lot going on. So maybe I'll pick up now that they're going to be heading, uh, they're going stateside now, but I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bored of them. Which is okay. So you need that boring couple, I guess. The wholesome one. But I think they will never do the show again. Mainly because of her. I think he's great so far. Like he seems to be the one that's a little more lively. But I don't think she'll ever do the show again. So we'll see though, right? Anyway, that is it for Nick and Devin. We're gonna take a break here, and when we come back, we will jump in with Nikki and Justin Igor. Do you want to spice up your love life? Well, you can make that happen by going to Love Shop, where you can get sorts of different things, whether it's for both you and your partner or just for yourself. For solo play, you can get things, all types of vibrators, maybe more kinky type toys or you can just buy what every person may need like lingerie or protection or even just something to make it a little more fun like games or novelty things you can do all of this by going to love shop and you can use our unique coupon code reality t2 to get 10% on anything your hearts desire. So that's loveshop.ca, L-O-V-E-S-H-O-P dot C-A and use our unique coupon code REALITY2, that's R-E-A-L-I-T-E-A and the number 2. And we are back. So let's jump back in with Justin, Igor, and Nikki. So we are going shopping for something simple, simple clothes that 
he wants her to wear because she's going to be meeting his parents uh, the next day. She says that the fashion will be disappointing. And, okay, although I understand that she has a certain style that she has, you are meeting his parents. And I am of the belief as well that you should put your best foot forward. And maybe your best foot forward isn't your boobs out or your ass just sticking out and all that. Like, look presentable. Look in such a way that you want, you actually give a shit about getting approval from his family. And sometimes that means just faking your way through it in whatever way that may be. As a woman who's like 47, she has absolutely no, like, she's no wherewithal. She has no common sense. And she's like, she hasn't lived 47 years of of life when you know sometimes you just have to do what you got to do to get where you need to go. It's ridiculous. Like, stop complaining. Don't worry, I have problems with him too. It's not just her. So the first thing that they see is kind of like this jumpsuit. And I actually thought it was quite nice. But he said, no, it's too low cut. So the jumpsuit was a little low cut. But you know what you can do to fix that? Because I have things that are low cut that I would never wear without like some sort of tank top or something underneath it. Yes, what you do. You wear a tank top underneath it. You wear something that it won't be too bad. He doesn't understand women's fashion either. Like, try it on and say, okay, like, can I get like a tank top or something? I'm sure this place has a tank top. Put a t- if she had like a tank top, she's like, I'll wear a different tank top, but like, this is, this is it. Anyway, he says no to the jumpsuit. And, uh, he, uh, also then describes in it, in the, in the moment, her figure as a cartoon character. Okay. If your man's referring to your body as a cartoon character, although I think that's probably, that might be what she's trying to achieve, but if he is actually describing you as such, that's a little bit of a problem. <laughs> Whatever an issue. And let me see if I can have a shirt. And she complains that like the sleeves have like a doily look to it. And she doesn't like that. I, I wouldn't like that either. And then she kind of says like the clothes are basic and not her style. She was complaining about it, but she um doesn't doesn't like it. But she says, you know, he is uncomfortable, so maybe I should compromise. Okay, so then why are we having a conversation? Just do it. So she does find like this pink, like, suit thing. It has like a blazer, pants. And I thought it was quite nice, actually. Um, she does like it. And when she, she does try it on, and she looks, she looks nice in it. Um, she has like, she's like, I could wear it like with this tank top, and, you know, it doesn't look bad, but, he says that, like, the top is see-through. Okay, so she could wear something else. 
get her something else. I'm sure there's like a basic t-shirt or something that she could wear. And she's probably also not wearing the bra to match. If you're going to wear something that's white, you have to wear a white bra to kind of help offset it. But she could wear a different color. It doesn't have to be white. I don't know what else she would wear with hot pink, black. It had to be basic shade. But it's just like, uh, I'm going to get to my thoughts on this whole segment in a second. Like this portion of it. But anyway. Yeah, I'm like, she could wear something else that's not see-through. But then tells me she doesn't have a lot that's not see-through. Anyway. So, yeah, so it's a no on the blazer. She says at this point, I do, and again, before I bring this, he does drag in the shop owner or the shop clerk or whoever the hell this person is. And it's just like, tell her, like, would Moldovan woman wear this? And she says, no, you can see her boobs. That's how we found out that it was see-through. Um, I'm like, oh, okay. Anyway, so she says that she has something that she can try instead that she has brought with her. She says as well, though, if I can't express myself through the way I dress or just in general, then maybe we are not meant to be. So now here's what I'm going to say. She clearly came very prepared with what we will see her in in a minute. This whole shopping experience was fraud. Y'all frauding us over here. There was no intention of buying any type of clothing because she came prepared with clothes for this meeting. So I, I didn't appreciate the the frauding of it all. I really didn't. I don't need it. Although this whole, this whole storyline feels fraud. Anyways, moving on. So Nikki is now getting ready. It's the next day. We're getting ready to meet the family. And she hopes that all will go smoothly. We'll see. So as she's getting ready, she's doing um her hair. And Justin Igor is learning English. And he's been learning English for 892 days. So in this moment, she asks him, so have they taught you the word horny? Why does everything go back to sex? That's the thing. Like, I don't particularly like the things he says to her when it comes to, oh, you have this because you need that or whatever. But she kind of doesn't help herself when she says things like this constantly. Have we actually realized that Jasmine hasn't talked about sex very much this this season so far. But that's the level that she's at. She's at the level of Jasmine who constantly has to talk about sex. Constantly. So I don't know. Here's what I'll say. I don't know if it's that she is like a sex fiend or something. I don't know. Um, Or she is getting no sex so she won't shut up about it. I don't know. Which it is. But this is getting annoying for me as a viewer to constantly hear you talk about sex. So, yeah. 
Anyway, she is finished getting ready. Hair is done, makeup done, dresses on. And I thought she looks really, really nice. Actually, I really, I think she does definitely need to tone down on the makeup. Because I thought she looked beautiful. And just natural. She looked more natural. You know the makeup is caked on, but she just looked so natural. I think all of those colors just suited her. Just suited her very well. That is all I'm going to say on it, though. On my opinion. We'll talk about Justin Igor's opinion in a minute. Constantly. So. He says she looks like a regular woman. I I know it might be his English, but I hate when he refers to her that way, a regular woman, like she's not a regular woman. And I know he tries to say it's more about that she looks more like a Moldovan woman, but I'm just like, she is a regular woman. And you gotta be careful with your words here. Because it can come across as very not nice. She says that she's nervous, um, but we're now on the way. And again, he keeps talking about how she looks like a regular woman in Moldova. And she says, no matter what, I will look like a normal woman. With a decent response. And she questions whether she is the right person for him. Again, we're having this conversation, so she doesn't think he is actually attractive, attracted to her. I don't know if it, I, yeah, maybe. I think he's definitely unable to forget certain things. The biggest thing, actually, in this relationship um, that didn't seem to be much of a roadblock for him before. And, yeah, as a thing, if you're not, you're not. Why are you trying to force yourself to do this? I don't get it. So, she's like, I don't know if it's me. Or are you asexual? No, I think it's definitely about her. I don't think this man's asexual. I would not be surprised if this man is having sex. It's not with her. What 36-year-old man do you guys know isn't out there banging everything that walks? Like, come on. <laughs> I, I, mm, no. There, there are some. I'm not saying that. I, I know of some who, you know, maybe hasn't had any type of sexual anything in some time. And that's, it, it's it's weird. It's weird for me. Cause I'm like, huh? It's weird. But then there's the other end of the spectrum when you have, you know, men that have really sexual appetites and still do in their mid thirties. And it's just, it's, it's weird to me as well. Anyway. He says, but if you kill my mood or my mind, I'm not wanting to have sex. So, do you know that you? 
except Gino is like 20 years older than him. And what the fuck? So she says, okay, but this morning I'm like touching your chest, not sexually. Um, and I guess he wasn't liking it or wasn't responding to it or whatever the case may be. And I'm going to say this right now. Of course she was trying to have sex with him. Ladies, we all know we've all done it. We were trying to get some more dick, you know, especially if you caught dick the night before, if you're trying to get more, you need to rub it on that chest and just wait for something to pop up and say, hi, we've all done it. So don't sit here and try to tell me or any of us or him that you weren't trying to do the sexual. Come, come, come on. That's not true. That's not true. Don't buy it. But he says, yeah, but your touches are so wild. It's like you're hungry. And he actually says to her, you scare me sometimes. There is no going back on that. You can't take back the fact that you just told her she scares you. And I think he asked her first her as a hungry American woman or something like that. And I think, okay, don't shame women who have a, you know, healthy sexual appetite. Yes, there are some women out here that are hungry and want what we want. Now, I'm not saying that to disrespect or make someone feel uncomfortable, but yeah, it's just, come on now. It's just, it wasn't a fair statement for him to make, but I think biggest issue for me and the biggest issue for her was the fact that he said you scare me and she's like and there it is and she says to him you can't handle me you can't handle me and he feels pressured um about like when it comes to having sex with her he feels like he has to have sex with her and it's like okay but wouldn't you want to have sex with her? I'm confused. And again, I've said this before. I know what it feels like to have someone tell you they feel pressured or, um, you know, trying to change the narrative when it was one way. Now it's another way. I've had that happen. And that's what she's experiencing. And it's like, You should, this should be a point in time as to when you want to have sex with her. So the fact that you don't want to have sex with her speaks so much volume than anything. Now I think both of these people are trash, but it just, it upsets me when I hear him say things like this and I'm like, but this is unusual. <laughs> You are an unusual case. And it's not like she's coming out of nowhere, out of left field with with what she is saying. She's saying, before you knew I was trans, shit was fine. We had sex all the time. And now that you know that I'm trans, we're not having sex as much as I would like to. So that's saying something. And I feel like he's trying to gaslight her. And you know what? Not even trying. He is gaslighting her 
making it about her is the reason why he won't have sex with her. Yet when he's with his fucking friends, when she walks away with Roxy, says, yeah, I'm really struggling though on the sex front because of the fact that she's trans. Like, you are gaslighting her. And that's where I have a problem. Fuck you, sir. Yeah, Nazi fucking love. I don't think I don't know about that. I do. I just haven't addressed it. But I, I honestly, I hope I never see these people on my screen again after this season. Because I don't know if I can cover a guy who is a Nazi sympathizer. I, I just, I don't think I can. I don't think I'll do it after this because... Uh, no, no. One of those things for me is, is, you know, what those crazy fucking people did to a whole group of people just because I never understood, I never will understand people who think it's okay to hate and hurt or kill a group of people mine included. Like, I just, I'll never understand it. So I, I mm, no. And he's old enough to know better. Sorry. So we'll see what happens because I just, I, I mm, honestly, these two are too thirsty to be on television. So I, I don't, I don't think we can go much further. Anyways, back to this. And, uh, anyway, so she says, like, you know, this is important. I don't just think about the sex. Oh, I get what she's trying to say, but it does come across as that is the only thing she thinks about and cares about is the sex. She says... You know, this is how I am. And this is where he makes a comment about hungry American woman. And she says, I'm passionate. You're cold. That's true. (laughs) But again, I don't know if that's just him or just Moldovan men in general. I don't know if maybe cold is the right term to use. But, like, if we look, again, the only Moldovan man we can compare to is Andre. Andre. And he definitely isn't cold. I won't say he's cold. He is bullheaded. And he's definitely passionate about not wanting her family around. And he seems to really love her. And has no way she's showing it. So I don't really think it's the fact that like Moldovan men are cold or Eastern European. I think Eastern European men can be. I'm not saying that that's not the case. But I'm saying in this, in this instance, I think it has to do with the fact that he cannot get over that she is a trans woman. And he's not telling her that and he needs to fucking just tell her that 
Elizabeth be done. She continues on by saying that you need a simple woman and I am not her. I will never be her. <laughs> Sorry, when she said this line and like, I will never, you'll never be jello. <laughs> uh, you're creme brulee. You can never be jello. Seriously. Anyways. Um, so, and he says, and what do you want? A robot dick? I think that's what he said. It was a robot dick. And I'm thinking, oh, I mean, sometimes I can get the job done though. <laughs> Clearly you're not. But again, it's unfair. It says, it's, and it's another thing where he is shaming her for having a sexual appetite at the level that she has it at. And that's the one thing that I will say. There are a lot of women who, you know, if you want to go here, who aren't, who aren't just trans women who have a sexual appetite to the degree that she does. And you shouldn't shame a woman for that. So I don't like that aspect of things. Um, stop shaming her for that. Aoi doesn't know to the fact that you don't want to fuck her and maybe unable to. I don't know. I don't know. So he says that I am changing my whole life. I gave you much more than like the money. And I'm like, oh God, here we go again. But I'm doing the hard work. I think that's what she says, or he says, I don't even know anymore. Okay, yeah, he's, so he, he said, I'm doing the hard work by having to convince everybody that, you know, you're trans and to accept you and blah, blah, blah. Like, he's like, I'm doing the hard work. And she says, okay, fine, I'm leaving. I'm going to leave. And then this fucker opens the sunroof of the car and says, where's the eject button? So he's making a joke out of how she feels, which, again... Ew. She starts crying at this and she says, you know, you always have to joke about things when this is a serious thing. And he says, where I'm from, only jokes. Only with jokes you can survive. Now is not the time. Seriously. Now is not the time. I'll survive another way. <laughs> Not at my expense. Anyway, I I do feel like I don't know, he's an asshole. And I I do wonder if this relationship is even real. If they're even like back together. I don't just I don't think that the relationship itself isn't real. That at some point they were together. But I just wonder if this whole thing is just, is real at this point. And I'm getting frustrated because I'm thinking, okay, we are on 90 day OG, which means that the foreigner is supposed to come to the States. Okay. The only other storyline we have like this was Nick and Devin, and they're headed to America in the next episode. Okay. So now we're, we're done with before the 90 days. Now we're doing the 90 days. When is these two going to end up on the 90 days? 
because we're still stuck here and before we've been in Moldova now for how many episodes? Enough. Like we only had like one or two episodes with Nikki in the States. All the others, we were on what episode? I don't remember now, seven? We have, okay, so let's say we had five now, five episodes of them in, so a month and a bit of them in, in Moldova. When do they go back to the States? Because this is, after all, 90 Day OG. But we know we probably have at least another, like, I don't know, 10 episodes. So I'm sure at some point we'll see them over in the States, but I'm just getting a little frustrated because I'm like, okay, like when, when's it happening? I don't even know if he's been approved yet. Whereas for Nick and Devin, he's been approved and they're doing this before. Um, so I'm frustrated, <laughs> but anyways, that's it for, for them. Now let's talk Ashley and Manuel. Okay, so we're still at therapy, guys. And she feels like he purposely keeps her separate from his family. And she hasn't met his children. And I said, I know why he hasn't met your, you haven't met his children. And he literally says what I was thinking. And I'll point it out in a minute. Um, he says, so there will be time for that. And he does say that she will never understand the kids and how they talk. Interesting thing to say. Anyways, she also might lose her patience with them. And that is when I said, ding, ding, ding. That is why he is not introducing her to his kids. Because the girl has a temper and she flies off the handle very quickly. And that is what she's showing him. So why the fuck would he need to, like, why would he introduce you to his kids? Because, like, this is what you show me. So how do I not know how that's what you'll show my children? He's protecting his kids. And you know what? I have to give him props for that. There's, I don't think there's anything wrong with him saying, I'm not ready for you to meet my kids because this is what you show me. And guess what? She needs to shut up and respect it. That is her right. That, or sorry, that is his right to say, oh, there, there are boundaries when it comes to my kids. So there you go. Now, does that mean you marry him? No. No, it doesn't. It doesn't mean you marry him. It means you don't marry him. Because if you don't feel comfortable with the fact that he is not introducing his children to you, then don't fucking marry him. Why'd you do it? Why'd you sponsor him? You've had 10 fucking years. I know they weren't together for all that time, but you've had 10 fucking years to get to know each other. And for this to happen, okay, 10 years ago, his kids existed. They were four and two. So, I just, I don't understand why she's, like, still going to, I guess, accept that and marry him. She has, she has, she has a choice in this as much as he does. So why marry him? I understand her perspective of, I'm going to be his wife, 
and I shouldn't be his kids. But then I also understand from his perspective, if those are my kids and how you treat me, why the fuck would I want you to meet my kids? That's his right. They're his kids. You're not owed that by any means of the stretch of the amount. You're not owed meeting his kids. You're just not. So, the therapist says, like, why not give her a chance? In the end of the moment, he says, um, Ashley is a person who has a short fuse. And this is where he mentions his kids are 12 and 14. And he feels he needs to protect them. Been saying it. <laughs> but he hopes things will change. And that he can introduce her to the kids. That is all it comes down to. If you're going to act a fool to him... He is not going to allow you to act a fool to his kids. And the only way he can prevent that is to prevent you from meeting them. She has to realize that. As soon as I heard her say, I haven't met his kids, I'm like, yes, because you're fucking nuts. (laughs) And I'm not talking about anything but her fucking temper towards him. And I'm like, of course he's not going to, I'm not surprised, but actually I'm not surprised by it. Now, I'm not saying that to discredit the things he has said and done. But she clearly has a temper. And you know what? We haven't actually really seen that yet. I really haven't seen the temper he's describing. We've seen her get upset. But I want to see this temper he's describing. And I don't feel like we've seen it yet. If this is the worst of it, then, you know... I don't know. Anyway, she feels that she's, she feels left out, which I get. She says that he told her, I think last night or something, he told her, why would I share big things when you freak out over the little things? Again, fair point. He is being, he's, he's making some fair points, honestly. But then he drops a bomb, apparently, on her, saying, I need to send $250 to my family. And she's like, what the fuck? Where is this coming from? And she's like, when were you going to tell me this? Because you're not working. And, you know, I'll have to send $250. And I'm going to go a little deeper into this in, in a little bit. But... Do I understand that she's saying that he should have said something to me? 100%. But then I'm also going to say, but I'll go deeper into this in a little. Didn't you, again, not think that he's going to send or want to send money to his family, especially his kids? Let's continue, though. I'll get more into that in a little bit. So, their therapist says they're both contributing, and like in a, in a moment situation, they're both contributing to their issues. She says that she's quick to react, and when it comes to Latin men, with the kind of childhood that they've had, they've had mothers constantly wanting to know everything that's happening with them, and it's kind of being like, no. So 
when you have a significant other who's doing that, they're just, they're not going to take that shit. They're just not. That's basically what she's trying to say. Um, anyway, but nothing's really resolved here. He says all in due time when it comes to opening up because his private or his, uh, I think he like his belief or whatever is private. She said she was going to work on herself. We'll see. And he says opening up is going to take adjustments because he has always lived alone. Okay, that's fair. But at some point. <laughs> anyway, she wants to be the most important thing because he is the most important thing for her. <sighs> I don't man. I, I, I always forget this kid. This guy has kids because they're rarely talked about, but I don't think he'll, he'll ever, she'll ever take top spot. And nor should she expect that when you are dealing with a man who has kids, his kids are going to take top spot. And in so many ways, you know, certain family members might take top spot. She's not going to be in the top spot. And that is something that she needs to come to terms with, comes with terms with and come to grips with. And I don't think any woman should ever really truly expect that and get mad when it's not the case. There's enough room for everybody in this kind of top spot situation um, within reason. But I, for me, I feel like she's the kind of person that is like, I need to be in the top spot or else there are going to be problems. And that's where I have a problem. Anyway. We're done with therapy. And we're going to be going and getting some food. And she asks, now, are you okay? And his response to her is, you and your therapist clowns. That is uncalled for. This is, again, where I start to have problems with him. The way he talks to her. The way he looks at the world. It's just that you're an asshole. You're an absolute asshole. And I would not want to marry this man. I don't get it. It has to be the sex. Because all she fucking seems to focus on when they're not arguing with each other is the sex. And this is like, he's an asshole. I feel in so many ways she's pathetic, (laughs) honestly. Because it's like, there has to be someone else better than this fucking guy and you're willing to what settle for this for this guy who can't i'm not saying that he should do therapy if he is uncomfortable that that doesn't surprise me but it's just the way he talks to her and the way she talks to him they're toxic for each other they should not be together anyway so anyway, he says that, and he says that he has no intention of going back to therapy. He says, you know, fix things, but how? So he's trying to say, like, the therapist isn't giving them tips on how to fix things, which I can understand, but 
But I think he also needs to understand is that there are different types of therapists. If you want one that's going to give you homework, you need to request that. And she didn't. That's on her. But yeah, if he wants someone who is going to give him like tips and tricks and homework to go back with and and apply things and, and whatever, then you need to make sure you got that kind of therapist. Instead, you got a you got someone who's just going to listen to you and that's it. So he then says, we're not children. We can figure that out and resolve our issues on our own. No, the fuck you can't because your idea of resolving your issues is banging it out. And that's just not how it goes. Listen, it's tempting. It's tempting to just bang it out and not deal with it. I get it. Um, but, and again, we're all guilty of doing it. Literally. I probably just said that recently. It's fine. But there, there are times when you need to sit there and have a conversation and deal with the issues at hand. And they are not doing that. Their solution is, I'm mad at you. Okay, so let's fuck it out and we'll be fine afterwards. No, you won't. No, you fucking won't. Because guess what? The problems are still going to be there. All you're doing is shoving them under the rug. That's all you're doing. So no, they need help. But I think they also need to be honest with the therapist on their solutions for fixing their uh, communication issues. And they're not. Anyway. So. Ashley, of course, she disagrees. And he asked, do you trust Yeah, I think he said, do you trust me? And, um, no, I don't think she does. <laughs> he says, easy. You want trust? You need to give trust. That is, again, very fair point. In between the assholeness, he does have the right things to say. It's true. To get trust to gain trust you to give trust and she does not trust him yet she wants him to trust her 100% include her 100% into his life and again you knew that this was the case before you married him or before you decided you wanted to marry him that this man has not opened up with you again what are we all thinking here like I'll tell you what we're thinking here she's thinking here his dick is real good and he gets the job done. And that's why she wants to marry him. And I'm thinking, not enough. Not enough. Just not. Anyway, she doesn't like how um, his attitude right now. And, um, and he says, you know, therapy is not a part of his culture. Again, fair and understandable. She says, okay, but what if we get in a huge fight that lasts days or weeks? And he just cuts her off and, and is kind of going off on his own thing. And 
again, I'm, I say, okay, if there is the potential, like if you're already putting it out into the universe, you're going to have a big fight that lasts days or weeks. It's possible. Okay. We've all had arguments that last days. We're not weeks, but have last days. And if you love somebody, it's not the end all be all. You can work on things. But your communication needs to be there in order for you to work on those things. They do not have the fundamental not even so much fundamental, they don't have the the so we're trying to think of they, they don't have the basic thing of knowing how to communicate with each other in those moments. Because their way of dealing with their arguments is having sex. So maybe you would have a chance in hell to work on those those things when you have those arguments. Maybe you have a chance in hell to fix those things if you can communicate. If you can, sure, you can go to therapy and do it that way. But that's a whole separate situation. And guess what? I think personally, anyways, that this is the kind of person who isn't going to go to the therapy to fix the situation. He's going to leave you. That's what he's going to do. He's going to say, fuck you, I'm out, and he's going to leave. That's what he'll do. That's the man you're choosing to marry. You're not choosing to marry a man who wants to work things out with you. You're choosing a man to marry who's going to end up leaving you when times get tough. And then that way you're still not just in the situation, whether he comes back or not. Anyway, she then says to him, you are being a grumpy kitty. And I said, oh, what? Anyway, and uh, she says, I need you to go home and get in bed and relax because you're at a 12, but I need you at a 2. And I said, that is code for I'm going to ride your dick and you're going to feel better. And then you're going to be at that too that I want you to be at. Because I ain't not going to mail out a man more than if he, you know, explodes. <laughs> so, been there, done that. But it's, it's, uh, that's all that means. And you know, and we all know that's what's going to happen. They're angry at each other at a 12 and they're going to bang it out and they're just going to get the frustrations out that way. That's also toxic. That feels so toxic. Do you guys have to have sex because you just want to have sex instead of we need to bang it out because we're mad at each other. So let's make this better. Like, you know what I mean? It feels so gross. I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but it feels gross to me that I'm just like, um, I don't know. Anyway, she tells him when you want something, you, or sorry, I think he says when you want something, like you force the idea or no, 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 I'm, I'm sorry. I'm getting confused. She says that to him. when you want something, you force the idea. It has to be your way. And he says, just like you, see what I mean? These two people are no, they're very aware of themselves. They're not good for each other. 
Not not for a long time. Not for a long term, for sure. Anyway. And and she says to him, so my opinion doesn't matter to you. He legitimately says, no, it doesn't. Okay. And again, if your partner tells you that your opinion doesn't matter to them, you're not supposed to be together. You're not supposed to be together. You can't convince me otherwise. Anyway, she says, we have bumps about my career. Your what? Your podcasting? And I'm not coming at her. <laughs> anyway, um, her being a witch and money. Okay. Anyway, um, he doesn't want to get in the car with her. He says he wants to walk home. Anyways, that's it. That's it for them. I, I, I can't with, the, with with these two, honestly. There's not a lot of couples on this, but I'm like, I can see this happen. I see Gina and Jasmine getting married 100%. I mean, I won't say anything. It's not up to me to say, but she's still here. I'll say that. We kind of know that. She's still here. So, it, you know, they're going to they're gonna definitely get married. And, uh, Nick and Devin are going to get married, too. Who else? I'm not confident about anybody else. Anyways, let's go over to our last couple, Clayton and, Clayton and Annalie. So, Clayton says that they, uh, usually have a pretty healthy sex life, um, in Peru, but, you know, Lack of intimacy is definitely concerning him. Yeah, maybe your mom needs to live elsewhere. That might be why. Anyway, she says that she doesn't want his mom to hear them having sex. Because the walls are paper fucking thin. Thank you. Like, that's not a hard concept. It's not a hard concept. So, anyway, they're going to go horseback riding. And she has, I guess, She's pretty used to being around horses because she mentions that her grandparents owned horses in Peru. And uh, so we're at the Stepping Stone Ranch and Clayton's horse is legitimately sleeping. He's, he doesn't want to be here. And the horse is also doing its own thing. Wanted to go up on the stairs or the steps and then after the horseback riding, he oddly freaks out because he walked behind the horse. I mean, I know you're told not to do that, but these horses look so damn mellow that they're not going to randomly kick you. Anyways, after that, they sit and talk and he kind of starts to bring up the whole lack of posts on Instagram because of her dad. And she says that she didn't tell her dad because everything happened so fast. She says, I, if I post you now, my dad will know um, the real reason that I came here and not because I was coming for work. She says right now she has no intentions of telling her father that they are getting married. And it does concern him. He's, you know, he makes that pretty clear. And she says, don't pressure me or I will go home. And I don't want to talk about it anymore. And he says, yeah, but 
I've been asking about this for years. Um, it gets to a point where I feel like you just need to tell him or tell your dad. And I would think preferably before you marry him that you need to tell your dad because what would you rather? Would you rather your dad be mad, you know, before? Or would you rather he be mad because you'd never told him that you were getting married and he not have the option to be included to some degree in that if he wanted to or if he could or whatever? Like, hmm, come on. <laughs> but anyways, whatever. Moving on. So everyone is going to meet his sister, Brandy. He says that Brandy's very protective. So we're going to be going bourbon tasting. And he says, I don't know if anything more Kentucky besides the horseback riding than bourbon. <laughs> true. So he says, you know, it's very Kentucky. Plus my sister likes to drink. So he's banking on that. We find out here he has a nut allergy, a poor thing. So Emily, um, his first reaction of Brandy when she shows up is that she's very sweet and pretty. I don't know about sweet. We'll get to that. So anyway, she is still obviously aware of the fact that he told me that she is maybe not the greatest when it comes to his girlfriend. So I'm nervous, you know, so we'll see. And, um, Brandy does ask Annalie, what does she normally drink in Peru? So she normally drinks like tequila or, um, or whiskey. And she mentions when asked, it has, you know, been a big change. She left her family, which was hard. And, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a change. Brandy's response, cute. Her response was cute. That is so fucking dismissive. I knew pretty quickly this woman's a bitch. <laughs> and I don't like her. I'm not discounting the fact that she's going to be protective of her brother. I am not. But be fucking aware of yourself and at least fake your way through it. Saying something like, cute, is so fucking dismissive. You are a bitch. And I don't know who the fuck hurt you in life, but you are a bitch. Anyway. Um... So she brings up to Clayton, you know, I don't really know anything about her. And why is that kind of thing? And he says, you know, for that, sorry, she says in her in the moment, like, maybe it's because I'm, I'm a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. I think that might be it. He doesn't say that though, but, um, but he does say, or she says, sorry. Um, I'm sorry. No, no, no. He says as much. He, he says that, um, you know, you're not very approachable and you kind of form an, an opinion on, on, on a girlfriend before you meet them. And it just fucks everything up. That's also fair. Anyway, she says, so I've been looking on her social media and I noticed that there are no posts of you, but there are posts of her on yours. And 
he explains why. And that's about the dad. I don't always say that. And he says, trust me, I'm not okay with it either. Like, don't, don't think I am, because I'm not. And we do find out here that his previous girlfriend did cheat on him. So I'm not saying that Annalise cheating on him. I, just, I don't know what Annalise's situation is here. I really don't. And she does wonder whether or not um, Annalise is here for a green card, you know, the regular trope. And so while he's explaining this, mom says, I didn't know anything about this. I didn't know that his dad or her dad didn't know. And he says, like, her dad is protective. And Brandy says, yeah, so is mom. But she knows. Then Clayton kind of says, like, I don't think, you know, she would take this for, like, two years. Are you dumb? Of course she would. It's called a long game. <laughs> Anyway, um, Clayton's annoyed at this point with how Brandy's acting. And Brandy says, well, this was fun. And she says that she's over it. Get married. I'm over it. And she starts fucking crying and walks out. And Brandy says, she's probably pissed, but um, there's a little part of me that doesn't give a fuck. This woman did not come in here trying to be open and get to know her. She doesn't give a shit. And that's unfair. That's very unfair. Here's here's an idea. Maybe, Brandy, you can stop worrying so much about his life this intensely and think about the fact that your mom is has a mental illness because she's a fucking hoarder and she lives in your brother's closet. Maybe you can, I don't know, maybe put her in a room. Maybe you are able to do so. I don't know. Maybe I'll can pull your shit together and buy your mom a fucking, I don't know, bachelor pad or something. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I, uh, your focus needs more focus. <laughs> Seriously. Anyway. That is it for Clayton and Anna Lee. So next time on, probably by the time you get this, it'll literally be the next day, but we're with Nick and Devin and they're headed to the States. Anna Lee and Clayton are in a hotel. Hopefully they can have some sex because they haven't. And uh, then we see... Nikki and Justin Igor, mean and the parents. And uh, do they have the blessing? Well, a mother never forgets. Oh boy. Um, Manuel has an expectation to send $300 a month to his family. And I actually didn't talk too much about this because it didn't come up. It was in, it was in, in the moment. Oh, or next time on, sorry. I, again, always have a fucking issue with people who think that they are not going, their foreign 
husband or wife or whoever isn't going to send money back to their family. Of course he's going to send money back to the family. And you didn't think he, what, are you dumb? And then not to mention, this is a different situation. This man has kids. So did you think he wasn't going to try to provide for his fucking kids when he has been providing for them probably for most of their fucking life? If not their entire lives? Are you fucking dumb? Like, I'm sick and tired of the American kind of being like, I didn't think that he wanted to send money or, you know, of course he is, you fucking dummy. (laughs) I cannot, I cannot, cannot. Anyway. And then Jasmine asked Gino, what did you do before I got here, the day before I got here? And he's like, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't, uh. <laughs> so we'll see how that pans out. And of course they, she's crying and arguing and all that. He's like, it's like a cheetah. It's like you're asking like a cheetah on you. And she's like, that's how it feels. He's not cheating on you. But anyways, that is it for 90 day OG for this week. So if you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Um, And you can rate and review on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And I have a new thing that I want to start trying. And that is that every four or five star review that we get, I'll read it on the podcast. So if you want to hear your review on the podcast, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're able to rate and review. Um, And if you want to connect with us, you can do so by going to Reality Tea Times 2 on Facebook, Reality Tea Times 2 Podcast on Instagram or Threads, Reality Tea Times 2 Pod on Twitter. You can also find us on Reddit at Reality Tea Times 2 Pod. And uh, you can also email us at realitytimes2 at hotmail.com. And don't forget, you can find us on YouTube at realitytimes2. You can also subscribe, like, comment on there as well. We greatly appreciate that. And don't forget that I do have another podcast with my friend Mikkel called Next Take Podcast, where we talk about all kinds of different things. Um, we currently have, you know, this number can definitely change, but we currently have about eight episodes. Um, roughly, we've talked about all kinds of different things. We have a lot of fun over there. So please go take a listen to us over at Next Take Podcast, which you can find us at on YouTube at Next Take Podcast. You can also find us on our website, solo.to forward slash Next Take Podcast. 
And don't forget, we have a website and that is at solo.to forward slash reality tea times two. And we also have a discord and I believe that's reality tea times two as well. So you can find us there. Um, but that's basically it. That's all the stuff. Of course, everything here will that I've just listed will be in our show notes, all discount codes, um, special links to everything that we put in our ads are also in our show notes. And yeah, that's basically it, guys. Thanks so much. Bye. you ever thought of starting your very own podcast? Doing the research, I found something that would have made editing easy and seamless and makes the podcasting experience just that much easier. And I am talking about Ludo. This is a podcast software that I use for editing of our episodes. It is amazing. It is easy. You're also able to get help from doing chats and getting the information that maybe you just need a little more help with. They also have access to different articles that can also help you that have been just godsends for me. Also with Aludu, you can create clips, you can do your ads, thus like this very one I'm doing right now, and you can create your trailer very seamlessly just by the clicks of buttons. You can also use Aludu to publish your episodes just straight from the software. It's so easy. I highly, highly recommend it. You can get access to Aludu by using our unique link, which you can find on our show notes, just down there at the bottom at the show notes. And you can get access to an easy software.